when you're searching for meaning, you're searching for being coming a means to an end. Mm. And you're actually searching for becoming a means to someone else's end. Welcome to the Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, relentlessly pursue truth, and own the future. We are continuing our conversation with Doug Smith, who is the author of the book Unintentional, a book about addictions to screens and how screens, how social media, how TV has all been engineered to keep us watching and watching and watching to steal sleep away from us, to do everything that they can to take our time, the one most valuable asset and sell it to advertisers. And is that what you want in your life? Do you want to be hooked into the matrix, just getting your life energy sucked out of you? The answer is no, you don't want that. So let's break free. And that's what we're gonna talk about in the second episode. If you haven't heard the first episode where Doug shares about how our unintentional lives is leading to ruin with addiction to screens, then I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that. But we're going to continue this conversation. Doug, thank you so much for being with us here on the show. So your book, we've been talking about unintentional Let's kick that on out of here and let's talk about how we can begin to be intentional with our lives. And you you mentioned in this the first hour of the show about deep work and and that book uh, was about uh, was it Carl Newport who wrote that? Cal, yeah, Cal Newport. Cal, yeah. Talk to me about that. What what are some of the principles that we can begin to employ? As we've said. Cutting, like throwing the cell phone away is not a good idea for everyone. A self, our smartphones, the fact that we're talking halfway around the world is a sign that technology can, can be used for incredible things, incredible influence. We can build businesses and be pulled out of poverty and actually step into our dreams and our destinies probably more today than ever before because of this phone. So, but we don't want to be a slave to it. How can we become the master of not only ourselves, but the tools around us? What are some of the tools we can use? That's, that's great, Lucas. Great question and a huge, huge subject. And I, the, the thing that really has to be the umbrella over it all is, the, again, the overall purpose for why you're here. And so once you know what that is, then you can figure out the places and the parts and the buckets that other things will fall into. Um, and so what I encourage people to do in the book is to first cast a vision for where they hope their life would be. What do you, what, what lights you up? What is, what are you here for? What is the vision that you hope to, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? What do you want your kids and grandkids to say about you when you're gone? Do you want them to say, wow, grandpa was always on his video game. No, you don't want to say, you want him to say, Grandpa passed on this amazing value, these amazing values. He was courageous. He, was, he built this business, maybe. Maybe he had this incredible way of, of speaking or of sharing or of, of teaching or something, you know, whatever it is. You cast that vision and you imagine that, that positive future that you are, again, here to do. Um, and you... And then you build on that the purpose parts that you are so excellent about sharing. Um, one of the things that I, I like that I share in my book is, is that purpose is found at the intersection of where your great 
gladness, the thing that makes you really happy meets the world's greatest need. Mm. And so when you can put those things together, you know, okay, this purpose, this, this thing that I'm really excited about, it really matters. I'm here to make this difference. And so then you start talking about the tools to get you, to get you there. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to pause you because you said something that, that intersection. So, so Doug, I've been, I've been spending long hours in meditation and searching my inner psyche and my ego and super ego and everything that I like and my favorite color and taking all the, you know, princess personality tests on Facebook that says, you know, I'm most like Pocahontas and I, I still can't find my purpose. Like I'm looking, I'm looking in and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find me, my purpose, who, who am I, but I, I just get more depressed, self-centered, self-focused, more self-loathing. And I think I'm just so stuck. Everyone has it figured out, but me, and I just keep looking deeper and deeper into the black hole of my brokenness. What's going on? Why is that not working? What, what do I need to do instead? That's so good. That is so good. And that is what the advice of so much popular psychology, right? Is to go deeper into yourself, you, you be you, you know, all that kind of thing. And, oh, whatever and, makes and you happy, Facebook Doug. Is, oh, seriously. And, and even Facebook's always asking, you know, how, what are you feeling right now? How do you, you know, what's on your mind? What do you like? It's all about you. The problem with all of that is that, again, it is a lie. It's, we are not fulfilled when we're thinking about ourselves, when we're not made to think about ourselves. In fact, the idea of a search for meaning, um, which is kind of a synonym for searching for purpose, when you are a meaning, when you're searching for meaning, you're searching for becoming a means to an end. Mm. And you're actually searching for becoming a means to someone else's end. Andy Stanley talks about that, um, that that is, uh, that's kind of the catch at our search for purpose. There's like this fine print. If you're looking for this purpose, it's not about you. And uh, there's actually one of the most popular books ever, The Purpose Driven Life. The first line of the first chapter of The Purpose Driven Life, it's not about you. And so the, um, you are here for other people. You are mm. here to share, to give, to give what you have to others. Mm. And the irony, the, the, the wonderful thing that's baked into how our world is made is that when we are not thinking about ourselves, we're never happier. When we're constantly thinking about ourselves, we're never sadder. And so it's no wonder that anxiety and depression and so on is optimized by thinking about ourselves on you know, the unintentional use of screens, but the joy, the people that are most joyful, the people that are most happy and peaceful and fulfilled are the people that are focused on becoming a means to someone else's end. So our purpose is not about looking inward as you were talking about. Our purpose is looking out there. What breaks your heart? You know, what is, what wrong needs to be fixed? What, what stake do you need to put in the ground and say, no more, Mm. I'm doing something about this. That's what I, that's why I wrote this book was that, you know, I see people are wasting their lives. They don't even know that they're, the reason they're on their devices all the time is because they're optimized to do that to you. I had to do that. How do, why did I have to do Then I had to put in the deep work practices myself to focus on becoming that means to an end. Otherwise I never would have gotten mm. that. That's so good. I, I, I love that. And it's so evident, especially in kind of, uh, I don't know, success, kind of fortune, fame, culture, where people are, are really searching for their purpose, but it's all about, it's all about me. Um, mm-hmm. 
and we keep on trying to fill the the me purpose thing and we just get we feel more empty and empty and empty and we feel that in small ways even that we we can see through using social media that when I'm just wondering how many people like my stuff rather than engaging in conversation with other people trying to solve other people's pains. It, it feels very different. It couldn't be a starker difference. And so I, I really like how you said that, that our purpose and our meaning is not about us. Your purpose, your, your purpose of being here is not about you. Your purpose is about someone else. Your purpose is about going out and helping, serving someone else, not someone else serving you. Your purpose isn't that other people are to serve you. It's that you are to help other people. And the, and I like how you, you said that it's what, what makes you happy and what is the needs of the world. And Jordan Peterson talks about this. We need to look at what is the, the darkest malevolent thing that we can see in the world that we can say, that is something that I can take on. And, and that willfully walking into battle to take on the darkest, most wicked, malevolent thing that we can imagine and, and think that, you know, I have faith to conquer that and see that change among this people, this, this group of people. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is exactly right. And that's, again, the reason I wrote this as well. It's, there are so many things that need to be done in the world. There are so, there are, you know, there's so many hurting people and hungry and thirsty mm. and lost and confused and, and all and on and on. And again, the thing that broke my heart, one of the things that broke my heart that I wrote early in my book is that what, what's happening to our ability to have a coherent original thought if we're constantly stuck on our screens. If we're constantly stuck on our, we have a screen in front of our face, we can't even see the depressed person across the room, let alone, you know, the, the, the fires that are burning in, you know, across the country or the you know, whatever it is, the, the brokenness, the, the, all those things. And, and there are wrongs that need to be righted. And all those great stories, you think about the, the great stories of dragon slayers and, and, and you know, courage and all, all that. Those are all told us to inspire us to rise up and make a difference in rescuing people and helping other people. And we're never happier than when we're doing that, when we're Absolutely. poured out to, to help someone else. So, I, I'm, I love it. How, how can we do that? What you, you mentioned deep work. I, I love your articulation, uh, rearticulation of his, of his book. What are just some really kind of like crunchy, tangible things that we can begin to do to start to have those original thoughts, not be so inundated with the noise so that we can actually go out and use these channels. We can use these highways and byways of information to actually take on the malevolence to actually see an impact. Because if we just withdraw totally, well, then the darkness is just going to get darker. We need to figure out how can we become people who can stand up on our own with a strength and a fortitude and endurance to then engage with that darkness to actually help and pull this generation out of their phones into their own purpose and meaning. What, what's that first? So you said that first we have to have a vision, right? We have to know, well, what, what is the thing that I'm taking on that's driving me without a vision? You know, forget about it. We're just going to be swiping in the next 15 minutes. Let's say we have a vision. We have a, a pain that we want to solve in the world. We have a, a, an idea of like, when I die, I want my kids to say this about me. Then what? What? 
What's next? Yeah, that's great. Well, there there is a lot. Uh, one of the, it, a lot depends on where you're at right now and the journey that you're on. For many people's lives, this is a big shift to turn. It's not you just flip a switch someday and like, oh, all right, I'm going to be all in on my focus because we may actually really be addicted, right? So we have to put in some practices in place that um, that that look at how we're actually using technology and what changes we need to make. And so that requires some honest questions. I have a whole chapter on evaluation, on figuring out, okay, where am I at? Where, and asking yourself some hard questions, maybe taking some, there's, there's an internet addiction survey. There, um, you can talk to your spouse. You can say, hey, um, I know this is kind of a weird question, but am I on my phone too much? <clears throat> you know, that kind of a thing. So those, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, you mentioned screen time and all those things. So you evaluate where you're at. So depending on where you're at, you may need to make various changes. And most of those are in our thought life and in our habits. Most of those changes are going to be focusing on what do we think about? Because what you put in is what's going to come out. Mm -hmm. And then what you repeatedly do is who you become. Is your, so the habits that you form are the things that are, are, the, are the character that you form, the things you're able to do. And so real crunchy tactical things, some of the favorite things that in terms of, the, of habits um, are what I, the two that I really like are win the morning and win the night. Mm. And so what I, what I Say mean that by again. that is... Say that again. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so win the morning and win the night. For me, um, there's a, and I think that I've talked to a lot of people and they're very similar to this. You might have, you might be chewing on a problem. There's something that just can't get figured out. And oftentimes if you get a good night's sleep and you wake up first thing in the morning, you go, oh, that's the solution. That, that good night's sleep. Or in the shower. I, I have so many ideas. We actually got to the point where we have little crayons, little waterproof crayons in the shower. So we can write notes on the shower wall. That's awesome. <laughs> like, so we don't forget. Um, but what, what I found is, is if you take a break from technology at least an hour before you plan, to, certainly at least a break from social media or from the consuming part. Maybe you read your Kindle or something like that. That's, that's different. But, but say you, you say, okay, for half an hour to an hour before I'm going to go to sleep, no, no consuming to then in the morning, what is the first thing you do? I, I have a whole like multi-hour thing that I do before I ever check any input. And the reason for that in the morning, again, is because now you have that whole cycle from the night till the morning to where your brain is alive and active and ready to give you, ready for you to hear your ideas, ready for you to hear what's inside and help that to come out. The other thing is that as soon as you check like if the first thing, this is one of the things when we first started talking, if the first thing I do is check my email, that has set my agenda for the day. I am now not winning the morning. I'm, I'm losing because somebody else decided what my priority is. Uh, same thing if you're mm. checking social media. I'm sorry, you get on social media and the first thing you do is like, okay, this is what's wrong with the world. You're going to totally be gone. You're going to forget what you were doing. So if you win the morning and whatever it is... Um, Cal Newport talks about uh, this idea of monk mode morning, where sometimes you, some people will go all the way like to lunchtime with no electronic input. And I did that when I was writing my book, especially. Now, you know, you know if, if you're able to set your work schedule to where you're like, okay, in the mornings from this point, I have no external input. I'm just going to be producing. You, you're going to find yourself so much more productive, so much more um, creative. And those ideas will just flow out of you because you've won the night and you've won the morning and, and as much as you can uh, 
tighten those windows so that you have as little and little as, as possible unintentional time, the more you're going to see uh, things flow out of you that really will surprise you because you have that level of creativity again. So it, it can be just as simple as making sure, because what I hear is kind of like the, the first thing that you wake up to and look at, you start to react to. And it's almost in this, instead of being reactionary, let's be intentional for lack of a better word, but let's, res- mm-hmm. let's decide what course of action we want to take in the morning first before we get you know, the bad news of, you know, something else crazy happening in the world, or we mm-hmm. find out that someone left a nasty comment or didn't like our photo or an email from that difficult client. We're like, oh, got to deal with this. Um, shutting all of that noise down and to wake up and say, you know what, this is, this is what I want to prioritize with my life and my time and spending those morning hours for that deep creative work where we're thinking independently, where we're not looking to what the the world thinks or our social group thinks to inform us on what we th- should think, but going to, to, to books and to learning and to reading and to writing or creating. Would you say even in that that time, let's say you're, you're a, a music creator, um, a musician or an, or an artist, a digital artist, um, in that time, like for me, let's say like a, a, a podcast, is that kind of creation time where it's I'm not having the input. I might be on a screen writing on my word processor, but I'm not actually scrolling through my emails. I'm making sure to silence kind of my my internet input. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. That's exactly what I did when I was when I'm writing my book or whenever I'm doing any writing. It's it's I shut down all input, like sometimes, you know, some people might just like shut the Wi-Fi off because you're <laughs> that way, you no notifications, nothing. And all you do is you're all in on your word processor, you're producing. And so, yeah, that's absolutely a totally different use of a screen than it is just, you know, scrolling through your social feed or whatever. And it sounds like it's, it's the same thing that you said about books, you know, a, a Kindle. It's, it's not saying that, you know, in the evening hours, of course, there's the blue light where that you're going to get from looking right. at a screen. And if you're watching, binge watching Netflix, you know, it's going to be, you're going to want to roll over to that next episode. And if you, if you lose sleep, um, you're going to actually live shorter. You won't live as long. Um, That's right. Which is crazy. Even 15, like 15 minutes of sleep a night will re- will reduce your lifespan by um, a significant percentage um, Mm -hmm. and increase your probability of a lot of health complications with your body. So so what you're kind of saying there, it's not that a screen itself is bad, but it's those those, uh, uh, systems that have been put in place that one, it's blue light that's really destructive, and two, Mm -hmm. it's those dopamine cycles that produce anxiety at the end of the night or the beginning of the day, and that is TV with a 24-hour news cycle, which is just, Mm -hmm. you know, insane, especially right now. I feel like 2020, the news has just... You know, it has intensified. I've I've always read the news. Um, I don't watch the news, but I've always read it. And I just feel like this year, obviously it's a crazy year, but it feels like more than ever, it's just so, so intense. Um, and cutting out those screens, cutting out that Netflix that is causing that anxiety, but turning to a book 
you're categorizing that differently because it doesn't have that same dopamine hit. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially depending on the book, right. It could be, if it's just a, you know, there's pornographic books, right. So it just, there's extremes, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're reading, especially I look for books that are, you know, positive that are feeding my purpose, especially at night, the last thing, what's the last thing you want to be thinking about mm. when you go to bed? What's the first thing you want to be thinking about when you, so choosing those things really, really wisely, the things that you do, um, is, is so vital. The other thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's the relational side. If you have a family, you know, I, we, um, we definitely prioritized our, our night, night time with the kids when they were here, you know, we'd read a great book. We'd, we'd pray together, whatever it was. We'd want to be, have that connection time. Same thing in the morning, you know, have that conversation with your spouse, plan the day, have that quiet time, um, exercise, you know, whatever it is that, that, that is, that prepares you, um, put those things first because otherwise it never, that's the other thing is that like you talk about the news, you'll never get caught up and mm. it's by design that way. There's no end. There's no, you'll never get to the bottom of your Facebook feed. It never, ever ends. Even if you have one friend, it will never end. You know, it's, it's and, and that's by design. It'll never end. So you can never get caught up. So what are you going to do? You've got to be intentional with the time that you do have. And, uh, and it'll just be so much better. And I, I really love that, that, that thing about deep work. I think, you know, anyone that's listening to this show, it, it is a, a deep and a heavy show. You know, it's not just kind of light entertainment. People who, you know, you listening to this right now, I know that you want to make something of your life. You have deep intentions with your life. You are, you are a thinker, you reflect on your life, and really you want to do deep and meaningful work right? That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here together. Cause we're like, man, we have one life. I want to live a purposeful life. That's full of meaning. That's helping and connecting and serving other people. And I want to do deep and meaningful work. And I, I just love that kind of, the, not just the picture of it, but the actual, just like turning off that noise and saying, no, putting that boundary up and saying in this, in this time here, I'm not going to worry about all these other noises. I'm going to do the deep work that I know is valuable based on what I am called to do, the vision that I have that when I go to my deathbed, I can say, you know what? I woke, woke up every day. I, I said no to living the unintentional life and I was able to do the deep work that mattered, whether it got out to the world the way that I thought it would or not. I gave myself to the work that I was passionate about and I helped other people in my process. So Doug, we're out of time, but I want to hear from you. If you had one charge, one closing charge to people, what would it be? Mm. <clears throat> I would say, that you are here again, I would repeat, you are, you need to be more intentional with your life than anyone else. You need to decide what, how you spend your time. So don't let the biggest companies in the world, don't let what other people are doing in the world. You're here for a purpose. We need you to do what you're here to do. We're just, the world is desperately needs you to right the wrongs that you only you can write. So, so yeah, that starts from you being intentional with what you've been given. 
Absolutely. Carl, thank you. Carl, Doug, Doug, thank you so much. Seeing about Carl's book, um, Cal's book. Um, Doug, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Your book, the link to your book is in the show notes, Unintentional by Doug Smith. Uh, highly recommend the book, really eye-opening of all the, the strategies that has gone in and ways that you can break free from those strategies and traps. So thank you so much for being with us and people can find you at your website and that yes. also is in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lucas. That is all for our conversation with Doug Smith, but stick around and you and I are going to just take a minute and debrief um, some of the thoughts that at least I have had um, from walking away from this conversation with Doug. Um, we, We touched on some pretty heavy things, especially when it came to pornography, especially when it came to our kids easily being swept into and addicted not only to the phone, but to exposed to predators online. It is such a dangerous world. It's always been a dangerous world. And it is just more pervasive with the access that people have to these things via the internet, via the smartphone. Whereas before you had to get something in print, you had to be around someone, but now it is, you are connected with anyone in the world at every moment. And it is, it is just so dangerous, especially for our kids. I think that was one thing that I personally came away from even, you know, thinking about how screens are really shaping our kids' lives and what does that mean for them as they they mature from you know a young age into you know their early tweens, teens, and then as teenagers. And we are really good as a family making sure that our kids are not on the screens very much. Um, but I did feel kind of like a, a, another kind of urge, a charge in my heart of like, man, I need to do a much better job. I think we do an incredible job as a family, but I think we need to tighten the ship um, personally around the screen time that my my kids have and making sure that we're teaching, we're, we're informing them of what the world is like outside and we're putting safeguards so that, not just so that they don't see something bad on the internet, but so that they are growing with creative minds, so that they are exploring, so that they are answering and asking questions, so that they are finding those neural pathways to explore what they want to be good at as they grow. What are their skill sets, their passions as they grow up? And as I even shared about their they're, my kids are great storytellers. They're great orators. They they love you know making videos. But within that, it's so apparent the the dopamine hits of approval and searching for people's approval. How many views did we get? How many likes did we get at such a young age? And it's our responsibility as parents to make sure that we are protecting our kids from that until they're at the appropriate age. And even then as teenagers, if they're spending five, six, seven, eight hours a day on social media, on their phones, that 
that is very dangerous. If you are in high school, if you are even in college and you're spending all this time just swiping on your phone, you are throwing away your destiny. And now I know that might seem uh, a little hypocritical by the fact that you are listening to this on a phone, but I think as Doug shared at the end, it's it's not all media. It's podcasts are, are long form media where you're not getting those dopamine hits like you would swiping through on Instagram or, or, or on TikTok. Um, it's not the same organization. It is a, a platform like this, a, a platform where you're going deep into YouTube of, of lectures and learning. That's a different world. You're actually going in to do deep learning, to understand the world better, to figure out how can I grow and mature as an individual rather than just trying to distract yourself. So I think that's a really important distinction to make. But we need to, I need to be careful and audit my life and audit my time. And I, you know, I catch myself just scrolling on the phone and I, I tell myself this story of like, well, I'm just, I just want to, you know, understand what people are talking about so that I can, you know, have content to inform, you know, other people to inform you to have this conversation here on the podcast. I, I give the excuse of, well, I'm doing research when really I'm just being mindless in those moments. And so when I get on my phone or I, I open on, up Instagram, I often catch myself and I ask myself, am I here to create, to, to produce something, to say something, to share or help someone? If not, then I should probably close my phone and actually do the deep work that matters. So auditing our time, auditing our life and being intentional because our time, your time is your destiny. And I love what Doug said and we talk about it all the time here on the show. Our thoughts, watch your thoughts, right? Watch your thoughts because our thoughts become our feelings, our feelings become our actions, our actions become our habits, our behaviors, our character, our, our destiny. The entire environment that we live in all comes from the thoughts that we allow ourselves to think. Oftentimes, we're not even aware that we're thinking. We need to come to a place of awareness and auditing our thoughts and realizing, wait, I'm thinking this thought. I should probably take this thought captive. I should, you know, stop my thought pattern here because it's maybe it's complaining, maybe it's grumbling, maybe it's self-focus, self-loathing, self-hatred. Maybe it's just filled with anxiety, anxious thoughts or idle thoughts where we're just having conversations with people that hasn't happened yet, just over and over having arguments with people inside of our minds and that is stealing away our destiny. It's stealing away you being able to help someone else, your purpose in the earth. So shutting those thoughts down and then replacing them, thinking thoughts that are actually life-giving, that are actually helpful, that are actually rooted and grounded in truth. So with that, it moves on to vision, purpose. I, I loved I just really loved what Doug said about how our purpose, it's not about you. Purpose is not about you. My purpose is not about me. 
My purpose is about serving other people, about helping other people. And whenever I lose sight of that and I turn it onto my success, my ability to communicate, my ability to reach a certain number of people, when it becomes about me, my demeanor, my morale, it drops and it tanks. And I have to guard my heart, guard my thoughts and say, wait, am I just continually checking my stats to see where they're at? Me, 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 me. Am I being a me monster? Or am I reaching out to people and engaging in conversation and saying, hey, how can I help you today? Am I reaching out to my clients and saying, hey, how can I serve you today? Or am I self-focused on my bottom line and me, myself, and I? So what is your purpose? Who are you serving? How are you helping and touching the lives of people around you in a deep and meaningful way? This is what we talk about in my book, Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. Anchored is influencing. Influencing is touching a few people in a deep way, solving a few people's real problems. And that could just be your family. That could be having rich, healthy, loving relationships with your kids. That is going to have an exponential impact on the world because they are going to go and then have that same impact with their kids, with their grandkids, on and on and on. The small things that we do in deep ways with the people around us, it is so important. It is a place that it is worth us investing our time and our energy. It will pay massive dividends in the long run. So that vision, that purpose for our life, and then once we take that purpose and we've, we've, we've audited our time, we said, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going to feel the pain of this and do something about it, right? People say, if you, if you know better, you do better. Know better, do better. That's not true. Knowing better does not make you do better. We all know we shouldn't scroll on the phones. We all know we shouldn't smoke cigarettes. We all know these things. We all know we should exercise and get sleep. We know better, but we don't do better. It is until we feel the weight and brokenness and the the severity of our lack and we have the hunger to do something about it. We're fed up. We shake ourselves and wake ourselves up and say, no, no. This is my life. I do not want to squander the one life that I have. I don't want to squander my time or my destiny. And squandering my time is squandering my destiny. And I don't want to do it. We have to get to that place. And then in that place, we have to set up disciplines, habits, and boundaries. It's not just enough to want it. We have to then set up boundaries. We have to set up schedule. We have to create pathways that we can overcome our unintentional living so that we can actually live intentionally on the things that we were born in this earth, on this earth to do. And it's in that place that we can begin to do deep work. And I, I just love that he he brought that book up by Cal. I, I, I love just even the title, Deep Work. I think that's what you and I want to do. I know that you are here because you want to 
to make a deep and meaningful impact, that you want to feel in a deep way your worth, your value. You want to go deep in your relationship, not just superficial. This isn't a superficial podcast, right? This isn't a a superficial show. We go deep. You and I, we want to do deep work. I want to do deeper work. In my writing, I want to do deeper work. In my relationships, I want to have deeper conversations. I want to go deeper in my friendships. I want to go deeper in understanding the world around me. I want to go deeper in love and empathy. I want to go deeper in in laughing and joy with my family. I want to be a deep well. I want to be a deep person. In order to do that, we have to cut out the shallowness, the mindlessness, and we have to discipline ourselves. And it is painful in the short run. Just like disciplining yourself to go to the gym, it's painful in the short run, but it pays massive dividends in the long run. And even in the short run, you feel better. You think more clearly. Your emotions are better. Your dopamine levels are better. And you're going to live longer. So it, it, we have to realize that by setting these boundaries in our life, we are going to actually have immediate results and long-lasting results. So I just want to thank you for being here and committing to do the deep work, the deep work of a person who searches out truth, truth about who they are, about your your own shortcomings. About That's what I do. I, I seek out the truth of I want to know really who I am and then our purpose. How am I taking who I am and blessing and serving other people in the world so that we can own our futures? We can't change other people. But we can change ourselves. We can take responsibility for our life and we can own the future. So if you have a question about this episode or any other episodes, please DM me on Instagram, email me or WhatsApp me at plus one two zero two nine two two zero two two zero. And I would love to answer your question here on the show. And if your question gets answered on the show, you win free stickers. I will mail them to you. So ask a question, get free stickers, and I will see you next time on the episode. Remember, you are a truth seeker who lives out your purpose. So go out and own your future.